Hello, it's Jared from Transform Your Teaching. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We have had an absolute blast putting it together for you. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. We have a survey that we'd like you to fill out for us to help us to improve because we want to serve you and hearing from you will help us improve the podcast to serve you better. Just follow the link in our description and in the show notes. It won't take you long to do and we really do value your feedback. So please fill it out for us. Thanks in advance and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast here on the campus of Cedarville University. I'm Jared Piles, and with me is Dr. Rob McDowell. We are starting a new series in this episode. We're calling it The What, The Why, and The How of Technology Integration. That is correct. It took us a couple hours to come up with that title, and we're proud of it, and we're sticking with it. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So what are we going to talk about during this series? good question, Rob. You want me to answer that question? No, I can answer it. Oh, yeah, I, I can answer it. You could, Well, why don't you answer some and okay. maybe, maybe I'll ask a question. It's like two-on-two basketball and you're underneath the basket and you give me the nod and I throw it and I alley-oop and then you're going to finish. What I'm going to do is I'm going to alley-oop you and I want you to dunk it home. Okay, so technology integration is... Let me riff for a second here, if you don't mind, Rob. Uh, Technology integration is my baby. I feel like I didn't really embrace education until I was able to get a handle on technology integration. Technology integration is, I mean, when I was able to tap into using technology with my students, number one, it allowed them to embrace the content easier and allowed me to help them understand the content in ways they weren't able to uh, without it. When we talk about technology, we're going to be talking about some best practices of ways of engaging students with their with the content that you have and different ways of delivering that and assessing them with technology. It seems like you're advocating for the use of technology in education, not just for the technology's sake, but for an aha moment. That aha moment meaning something that the student didn't see before because you were experiencing that by what you just said, it sounds like, when you were using technology in the classroom and you saw that it gave you something that was missing. So is that what we're aiming towards? Yeah, I I believe so. I think we can tap into using technology to allow students to make connections they, they wouldn't be able to make without it. Specifically, when I taught, and this is what seems like a decade ago, but really just six years ago, I, you know, I taught English, high school English. Part of the high school English curriculum is research papers. And it's just, no one likes doing it. No one, the students don't like doing it. The teachers don't like teaching it. And the teachers don't like to grade them either. 
So almost out of necessity, I was like, I got to come up with something. So I went to the internet and I found a, a group out of Boston doing ed tech for high school education. So I tapped in and like, I want to go to this conference. I went to this conference in Boston and I was introduced to something called app smashing, which is where you take an iPad and you smash it with a hammer. No, I'm kidding. You don't do that. Uh, you take a, an iPad and you take the different apps and you put them together in a way that separately they wouldn't work, but together they work together and they create something new. So what I did is I took this idea of a research paper and we, through the different free apps on the iPad, I went back and had my students create podcast episodes, pre-produced, wrapped together piece in one episode. It's, it's like a research paper, but it's in audio form. So I went with my students and I said, we're going to do this. We're going to do it with the iPad. We're going to create podcast episodes. So you're going to, the same things you do with research paper, do your research, do your writing, and, you know, provide citations. They're going to voice it with music, sound effects, and we'll do a website and we'll have the show notes where you put your citations in, images, whatever else you want to. It was amazing. It was so cool. And it was a way of taking technology and not doing the boring old research papers, writing, which is invaluable. Believe me, it's invaluable stuff. But it's a different way of presenting that same content in a different delivery method. And that's where I kind of caught onto the tech integration bug because I realized that there's so many things you can do with technology besides just using a PowerPoint in your course. It sounds like you're advocating for tech as a tool, not tech as a target. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Technology isn't the end. It's a ways to an end. So those are some of the things that we're going to be discussing in this series on the what, why, and how of technology integration. So we really want to focus in on technology as tool, how it can make things better or why, and what it makes better. So again, that what, why, and how. So one of the things that you did um, was to integrate technology, one that's most recent, and one that I've done uh, a couple of presentations on now so far, to different faculty, K through 12, and by the time this airs, well, I've already done uh, one for the faculty here at Cedarville, and that's on AI, and specifically, what you did was with ChatGPT, you want to discuss that. Yeah, so we have an app that we use in our office called Craft, and through Craft, you can pull up OpenAI, ChatGPT, and ask it to do some things for you. And so what I had it do was generate talking points on the importance of technology and higher education. And it gave me six talking points, and I figured we would just, I'll read one off and we'll respond to it, and we'll go from there. How does that sound? Yeah. All right, here's the first one. Number one, technology can help to increase the effectiveness of teaching and learning. Technology can be used as a tool to engage students and to create a more dynamic learning environment. Well, that one definitely sounds generic in the sense, right? Uh, But still, it's accurate. Um, So here's where you've got technology providing us with something which is always better than nothing. And, And I think, can it increase effectiveness? Say, well, yes, it most certainly can. But it can also... You know, the flip side is the gains, you always have losses, too. And I think that's one of the things we'd want to talk about, too, is 
but you pick up chat GPT just in this for instance and we had it generate these things um, did we miss out on something because we didn't take the time to brainstorm our own personal experiences or glean from others who may have other experiences with technology I don't know don't know the answer to that question other than to say kind of similar to a car right car you get in a car and it gets you from point A to point B pretty quickly but the one thing it does take away from you is your feet feeling the earth between and walking from point A to point B and that has its own positives and negatives so I know that may be going a little too deep but at the same time if we think about how it does increase the effectiveness of teaching and learning, we should probably also think about what are we missing out on. Mm -hmm. You know, take these statements with the grain of salt, of course, because it is generated from AI, but uh, it talks about creating a more dynamic learning environment, which I'm always, you know, I'm looking at, at keywords when I'm looking at statements like that, and something more dynamic means it's changing Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not static. The opposite of, of dynamic would be static. So it's a constantly changing, evolving environment that can enhance learning. Or like you said, it could be a detriment as well. So we need to, I, I guess if I were to critique ChatGPT, if this was an assignment and I was critiquing it, I would remove the increase the effectiveness and I would say it's a significant variable uh, in teaching and learning because it's it could be... In increasing or decreasing. Right. Um, but it is a significant variable in the equation of teaching and learning. All right, number two. Technology allows teachers to provide personalized instruction and support to their students. It can also help teachers to easily access and assess student progress. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Most certainly. I mean, when you, when you measure things, and if you measure them accurately and you have data that in the technology versus considered longitudinal. So like you had this semester, last semester, and then you can start comparing, you know, how students are performing. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's probably more that can be said in this whole area. Something we will talk about during the series is how students change. You know, we talk about, you know, millennials, we talk about the Gen, Gen Z or uh -huh. whatever it is now. Um, part of that designation is how they use technology. Like, for example, I'm in the midst, I'm, I'm in between generations. I'm part of the Gen X, but I'm also part of the millennial generation. And you are full bore Gen X. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. You are right in the middle. And I'm part of that group. That's like, uh, can kind of came in at the end of Gen X at the start of millennial. Yeah. So the way we use technology is different. So you're tainted is what you're saying. I'm not a pure blood. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a half blood. I'm, I have feet in both camps. Oh. What I was saying was, before I was rudely interrupted. Yes. We had to learn the technology in a different way than the current generation of students have to learn technology. So when we talk about personalizing instruction, we also need to keep in mind how they interact with our instruction and, and the technology that we're using in the class. So. The, the assumption always is, well, the students that are in college now are the digital natives and they grew up with the technology. But the part that we assume is that they are masters of the technology. They know how to use it. Right. And they are, you know, we can just say, 
create a spreadsheet with six columns and 20 rows, and they're like, oh, no problem. Reality is they have no training in that whatsoever. All right, number three, technology can expand access to education, opening up a range of options for students of all abilities and backgrounds. I think this is true as long as you actually do have access to the technology. I think the assumption is is that everybody has a computer or everybody has a smartphone, and not all smartphones are created equal either. I mean, there are some smartphones out there on the market that they may or may not work, or they can't do certain things. So, I mean, I think at first glance it's like, yeah, they can, but that assumes that everybody's got access to that technology. Yeah, a lot of districts, especially K-12, have initiatives like one-to-one initiatives where you've got each student has a Chromebook, like my kids are part of a one-to-one district. We often forget that in higher education, that's not always the case. I know that um, Ohio State University had an initiative at one point where they were giving uh, iPads to students as part of a research study. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But it doesn't happen nearly as often in higher education. We just assume that students have access because, well, there are computer labs on campus so the students can access it. Well, it's not always that easy for right. for students. So, All right, number four. Technology can enhance the way students collaborate and interact, allowing for more in-depth discussions and problem solving. Yes and yes. Again, this goes back to that if they, if they are on the same platform and if they're motivated to interact. Yeah, there's nothing worse as an iPhone user to get that green text from somebody who's not on the iPhone. You're like... <laughs> but even like technology, the way it's grown and... In the last, I mean, I graduated from Cedarville in 2004, and even then we were at the infancy stages of collaboration using technology. So we had email and we were using WebCT a bit, but even then the best way for us to collaborate was to get together in person and work on the assignment. Now you've got Google Docs, you've got the Microsoft Suite, you've got all these collaboration tools where you can, in real time, work on the same document. Yeah. So in the last, you know, 20 years, the, the change has been dramatic yeah. in that way. Number five, technology allows students to access and explore a wealth of information, aiding in their research and encouraging critical thinking. Oh, yeah. Most certainly, it puts more information at the fingertips of students than we've ever had. I mean, especially with ChatGPT. I mean, just what you were able to do with this, it's the speed. I mean, how, how fast did that spit those six topics out to you? Uh, five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go and you search Google now with the same kind of prompt, you know, you'd you'd get what? Get the top 10 mm-hmm. web hits. And then you'd have to go down through and filter all those out. to Weed through the ads. Weed through the ads. Right. All the, the sponsors now, they're up at the top. And you're like, oh, it says sponsored, so that's not really legit. And then you go down and you see the next ones that aren't called sponsors, and they probably still are mm-hmm. to some degree. Yep. So it's already become a whoever's got the money and whoever gets uh, mentioned the most gets put forward. So it's not based on whether they're right or not or whether they're correct. It's... Who, who has the most money and who was able to, you know, game the system the most. So from that perspective, you know, that's a negative, but yet it still brings more information to us than if you went to, for me as a Gen Xer, and I don't know if you had this, but when I was growing up, 
in K through 12. My first research paper is, if you will, remember, I think was in the sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade. And we had to actually go to the library uh-huh. and, and we had a topic and yep. we had to tell the librarian our topic. And then the librarian showed us this massive chest, <laughs> right? Uh, yep. It was this big, huge wooden chest with all these small little drawers that fit three by five cards. Yep. And it was all alphabetical and by subject. And so, you know, they had to tell you, okay, well, you want to look up horses? Okay. Over here. And then you can look up, oh, there's H. And then you pull the drawer out and then you start thumbing through all the records of the books that are on the shelves so that you can find the right number. Once you find the number, then you go and you brought on back to where where it's at mm-hmm. and you you try to find it in the stack right and yep. then you pull it off and and then you start flipping through and actually looking at that that process in and of itself as a sixth grader took at least 30 minutes just to find one book yeah and it probably didn't get any better when i first got to college because they still had to do the same thing a little faster but still you know just getting the data so yeah. This this is by far in a way the best and it's it's only going to get better. Yeah. All right, last one. Technology provides students with the ability to gain valuable workforce ready skills and to stay up to date with the ever changing job market. Yeah. What is it? I think Dr. Yu said to me this morning that the next real big job title is prompt engineer. I was laughing, Prompt but he's engineer. like, he was like serious. It's like, yeah, like they're already, they're already looking for people to be prompt engineers, people yeah. who come up with questions to ask these AI bots that provides the right kind of output that that's crazy. Kind of like blows your mind. Yeah. You know, the buzzword in education for the last 20 years has been 21st century skills. Yeah. Even though we're in the year 2023. Yeah. There were 23 years into 21st century skills, um, but we're still talking about developing those skills. Um, the, the fact remains that students will need to understand how the workforce, I mean, think about just how jobs change and jobs have been created over the last five years. Uh. Having technology available to students to help them be prepared for, not only for very job-specific skills, but the collaboration, the uh-huh. communication is so important with, uh, you know, we talk about, we use Teams in our office and communication through Teams and email and everything else. It's just important for students to be exposed to that kind of technology and uh, learn how to use those skills now. So one thing I want to add to this, this was ChatGPT 6, so I'm going to add a 7. And the 7th that I would add would be, you know, goes along with why this series, right? Mm-hmm. Is just what you said. We've been in the 21st century, and we're still talking about preparing students for with 21st century skills. One of those 21st century skills was critical thinking. And one of the things I think we're going to lose, potentially lose, with new students as they become, like for instance, I don't remember a time of not having a telephone. Mm. Okay. Do you remember a time of not having a mobile phone? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I bet you if we asked 
one of our compatriots who's a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. You know, do they remember a time? Ryan, can of, you just nod your head and say yes or no to? Do you uh, remember a time not having a mobile phone? Nope. Do you remember a time not having a, the internet? No. So he's grown up with mobile phones and the internet. When you have it and you're growing up with it, you tend to just take it all for granted, right? You don't think about the why behind it as a child. And just like you don't think about how you form your sentences as a child. You do it because everybody else, you're mimicking what's being taught to you by your parents and those around you. You learn to form those words. Well, the same thing goes with technology. If it's there present, yeah, you're a native, as they say, but that doesn't mean you really know the why behind it right, or the how. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't know the why and the how, then you really don't know what you should do with it. You don't know those things. So uh, there's that philosophical part coming back in, you know, with servant teaching when we talk about the, you know, the what, the how, and the why, or the what, the why, and the how. So I think that's what we need to add to it. Thank you for joining our discussion today. In future episodes, we are going to bring on faculty members who have used technology in their courses, either as to present information or to assess students a myriad of different ways. We're going to have them on to talk about some different things. So looking forward to that, getting their insights, maybe getting some practical and asking them the what, why, and how of how they're using technology in their courses. And we hope you'll join us for that. Uh, Until next time, thank you for joining us. This has been the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.